As an American fighting man, I understand the importance of defending our nation and knowing that we've been blessed by God to serve on a banner known as Old Glory, the red, white, and blue. For many years, I've listened to men and women sing our national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, written by Francis Scott Key, while on, the sh on a British warship. But we didn't get details, accounts of what happened that night. As a man of God, I understand the war that rages and how God sent his son Jesus here to die for our sins. And therefore, I'm recording a, a commentary of a brief message about what happened that night in which most Americans have no idea. And this message is specifically geared for those who like to burn our flag and does not appreciate the freedom in which the men and women of our country had died for and spilled their blood and lost limbs and even marriages and families and find themselves alone many times suffering from the mental anxieties of war so that we can have our freedom that God has so graciously granted us. And so today, in Jesus' name, I like to record the voice of a, a brother in Christ who some time ago, someone put it on Facebook. And, and I thought it fitting to record it so that you all can hear it on our podcast. I still believe in these United States. I still believe in democracy, and above all, I still believe in our God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I believe in our men and women who fight so bravely, day in, day out, even while people are in their beds sleeping and the bullets are still flying and the bombs are still bursting in the air crippling and maiming and killing our servicemen and women so that those who are less honorable can stand with their so-called hiding under the First Amendment rights, can badmouth our country and burn the greatest image outside of the cross that God has blessed us to have, our national flag. So I'm still praying for these United States. I'm still praying that God's grace would be sufficient in our lives. And I'm still praying that men and women who still love this country will pray and ask God to have mercy upon us. And we have forgotten that George Washington went down by the Delaware River knelt and prayed and asked God to grant them the blessing to defeat an enemy that was much more powerful than they are, much more equipped and better trained. And God brought a decisive victory. And yet, the war 
still rages in the heart of many who still refuse to accept the freedom in which God has granted us in an honorable and noble way. And so let me encourage you to sit your children down and your grandchildren and tell them that God blessed America. It doesn't matter if you came over here as peasants, as poor Irishmen, a poor Germans or poor Italians, a poor Englishman. It doesn't matter that you came over on a slave ship. It doesn't matter because we cannot change history. What matters is that God has allowed these United States to open its borders to people who are looking for a life where freedom is a reality rather than a dream. And so today, I'm asking you, tell your children about what happened that night in the Baltimore Harbor. Tell them about the men who so graciously gave their lives that night defending O glory. Tell them about the unarmed women and children who died in that fort so that we can so enjoy the liberty and freedom that we have. And don't say that America is still enslaving people because she isn't. What's enslaving people is people minds that refuse to allow them to see the blessings and liberties that God has so preciously granted us with through his blessings. And so do tell this story. Tell the story how God's son Jesus built these United States for the glory of his Father, Almighty God, and how the Spirit of God is still holding this nation together in spite of those whose sole purpose is to destroy the very moral fiber in which God knitted this country together from his word, the word of God. So Lord Jesus, don't stop praying for us in heaven. Don't stop, stop interceding. Continue to pray to your father. Continue to mediate on our behalf. And remember as you did with Israel, but we're just flesh in need of a savior. And you are our savior and our Lord. And God bless you. Listen to the recording.
We go, however, to a ball game. We stand in our church services and we sing the words of that song. And they float over our minds and our lips and we don't even realize what we're singing. Most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about what it means. Let me tell you a story. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore. The colonies were engaged in vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides. The American colonies had prisoners and the British had prisoners. And the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for the release of these prisoners. They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American prisoners in boats about a thousand yards offshore. And they said, we want to send a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. He will come out and negotiate to see if we can make a mutual exchange. On the appointed day in a rowboat, he went out to this boat and he negotiated with the British officials. And they reached a conclusion that men could be exchanged on a one-for-one -one basis. Francis Scott Key, jubilant with the fact that he'd been successful, went down below in the boats, and what he found was a cargo hold full of humanity, men. And he said, men, I've got news for you tonight. You're free. He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return to the colonies. He said, you'll be taken out of this boat, out of this filth, out of your chains. As he went back up on board to arrange for their passage to the shore, the admiral came and he said, we have a slight problem. He said, we will still honor our commitment to release these men, but it'll be merely academic after tonight. It won't matter. And Francis Scott Key said, what do you mean? He said, well, Mr. Key, he said, tonight we have laid an ultimatum upon the colonies. Your people will either capitulate and lay down the colors of that flag that you think so much of, or you see that fort right over there, Fort Henry? He said, we're going to remove it from the face of the earth. He said, how are you going to do that? He said, if you will, scan the horizon of the sea. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of little dots. And he said, that's the entire British war fleet. He said, all of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that fort. It will be here within striking distance in a matter of about two and a half hours. He said, the war is over. These men would be free anyway. He said, you can't shell that fort. He said, that's, that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and children. He says, it's predominantly not a military fort. He said, don't worry about it. They said, we've left them a way out. And he said, what's that? He said, do you see that flag way up on the rampart? He said, we have told them that if they will lower that flag, the shelling will stop immediately. And we'll know that they've surrendered. And you'll now be under British rule. Francis Scott Key went down below and told the men what was about to happen. And he said, how many ships? He said, hundreds. The ships got closer. Francis Scott Key went back up on top and he said, men, I'll shout down to you what's going on as we watch. As twilight began to fall, and as the haze hung over the ocean as it does at sunset, suddenly the British war fleet unleashed. He says, the sound 
was deafening. There were so many guns that there were no reliefs. He said it was absolutely impossible to talk or hear. He said suddenly the sky, although dark, was suddenly lit. And he says from down below, all he could hear the men, the prisoners, saying was, Tell us where the flag is. What have they done with the flag? Is the flag still flying over the rampart? Tell us. One hour, two hours, three hours into the shelling. Every time the bomb would explode and it would be close to the flag, they could see the flag in the illuminated red glare of that bomb. And Francis Scott Key would report down to the men below, it's still up. It's not down. The admiral came and he said, your people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? He said, don't they understand this is an impossible situation? Francis Scott Key said he remembered what George Washington had said. He said the thing that sets the American Christian apart from all other people in the world is he will die on his feet before he'll live on his knees. The Admiral said, we have now instructed all of the guns to focus on the rampart to take that flag down. He said, we don't understand something. Our reconnaissance tells us that that flag has been hit directly again and again and again, and yet it's still flying. We don't understand that. But he said, now we're about to bring every gun for the next three hours to bear on that point. Francis Scott Key said the barrage was unmerciful. All that he could hear was the men down below praying. The prayer. God, keep that flag flying where we last saw it. Sunrise came. He said there was a heavy mist hanging over the land, but the rampart was tall enough. There stood the flag, completely nondescript, in shreds. The flagpole itself was at a crazy angle, but the flag was still at the top. Francis Scott Key went aboard and immediately went into Fort Henry to see what had happened. And what he found had happened was that that flagpole and that flag had suffered repetitious direct hits. And when it had fallen, but men, fathers, who knew what it meant for that flag to be on the ground, although knowing that all of the British guns were trained on it, walked over and held it up humanly until they died. Their bodies were removed and others took their place. Francis Scott Key said what held that flagpole in place at that unusual angle were Patriots' bodies. He penned the song. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming. For the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night 
that the flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet fly and wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. The debt was demanded. The price, it was paid. God has been gracious and wonderful and kind and loving and patient with us as a nation. And we're praying that by his spirit that he will continue to give us what we need. And we're praying that through his love and kindness and rather than by his power and his might, that our country will wake up and come to its senses. God is holy and God is just. 
And he requires that all this foolishness, all this sin that we're committing to stop. Because his son too paid a huge price to set us free. Jesus Christ, our Lord. When I think about the cross and I think about Oh, glory, stars and stripes. I know that the price was high. No man can ever pay the price that Jesus our Lord paid. Neither can we of our day pay the price that those men and women paid that night when the greatest army on earth struck, tried to strike a fatal blow to our country and bring it to his knees. Those men and women died refusing to give up. God's son, though hanging there bleeding and dying, refused to give up on us because sin had struck us a fatal blow. But God, in his great mercy and his love for us, sent us the greatest love that the world has ever known, his son, Jesus. And Jesus himself became the chief weapon against the enemies of our hearts, sin itself that destroys us from the inside out. And to see what our country have come to last night at the 4th of July celebration, I watch how people who have never been taught that God is holy, dressed in manners which would make the Almighty weep. And men and women who were born that way refused to accept the true identity which God, their Creator, gave them. And refusing to choose a love that Father had placed between man and woman who are called husband and wife refusing to be a people who's holy and set apart for the righteousness of God. Imagine God's spirit is grieved at this foolishness. And I'm praying for revival that God will once again Revive us. Not through bombs and rockets, but through the sheer mercies of his son Jesus. And that's my prayer. And that's my plea. And God bless America. And that America.
bless God. In Jesus' name, amen.